Hey everybody, welcome to High Cheese. I'm your host Joe. And your host Paul. And we are going to record a little bit of an abbreviated episode um, due to some personal issues. We've Our schedule got a little fucked up and we are... Uh, we're trying to squeeze it in more so than usual. So I just want to give you guys a little notice that we are going to be on an abbreviated timeline today. Yeah, so all you dedicated listeners, this will be shorter than usual. Yeah, all five of you. Yes, all five. You will have to dedicate less of your week to our baseball podcast. Yeah, super, super sad, I'm sure. Um, all right, so before we jump into some other stuff, you're maybe going to make the playoffs? <laughs> Yeah, so it's very close. Worked out in a way where I was, you know, pretty defeated after the Matt Carpenter week, and uh, in a situation now where if I win this week, and two other teams lose, which they are currently losing, I will. I have the potential to go from being out of the playoffs to being the fifth seed, which is hilarious. Yeah, Uh, it's also hilarious that I have, you know, twelve hundred more points than the person I'm playing my life off for. Like, literally 1,200 more points. It's just, like, the terrible luck of my season is coming down to I have to beat somebody who has the same record as me, but I have 1,200 more points then. To be fair, they don't have the same record as you. They yeah. have one more I, win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if I win, we tie, but the tiebreaker with my points will put me in the playoffs. Yeah, but I'd like to say, A, currently you're losing by 50. Not an insurmount, uh, uh, insurmountable amount of points. Um, and B, you just you need to win, and you need one of those two teams to lose to make the playoffs. Correct. And my seeding will be determined if they both lose. I can jump to five if I win. Yes, but if just one of them loses, you'll sneak in um, as the uh, sixth, the, last the, seed. the bottom yep. seed. Yes. And I, I told the person you're playing, Ned, who I work with. I told him that I hope deep down. I hope that he wins because your team scares me more. <laughs> Dude, Matt Clement was like, yo, so I figured out if you jump to the fifth seed, I have to play you first round, so maybe I'll throw this week so that I end up playing Snake again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dude, you can't do that. He's like, I'll just sit Paxton. Like, I'll just sit Paxton. So, like, it's just up to chance then, man. <laughs> I was like, no, uh, that'd be don't hilarious do that. if he did that and then lost anyway. Um, that, but looking at your team right now, you made some bold choices. Starting Trevor Richards is one. Trevor Richards failed. That was a bad stream. Yeah, and then streaming Andrew Suarez, also bold. It worked out kind of okay for him. He almost... He Only had a negative weird two. Only yeah. negative two. But he, you started he, him at cores. I, I had to be bold, man. I had to be yeah, bold but you, But you didn't have to. You could have not started him, and you'd have two more points than you have now. True. And but, you could have not started yeah, together. Had you not started both of them, you would have twenty more points, and you'd only be down by thirty. Oh, dude, I'm aware. I'm evaluating <laughs> every decision this week. In the, I also didn't start Kyle Gibson at Houston, which he did get a loss, but he got an eight point loss, so I'd have eight more points there. Ooh, that that was kind of a bold move. Like, I, but I, I you're, feel you're, like starting him at Houston with the way Houston's been playing, I knew he was going to get a loss. But that's he, not your game, though, dude. Your game I is know. play your players. I know it's my game, and I, I, I'm, I'm playing nervous, Joe. You I'm are. You're, that's going to be your downfall, man. You're playing timid. Um, yeah. Well, But have, you, so you started off slow this week. You had a 33-point day on Monday, then a 46-point day on Tuesday, and then a 72-point day yesterday. And uh, today is kind of shitty because there's only, like, four games. But I do have Strasburg. You have Strasburg pitching, which could yes. be – 
the major swing here. If you have a 50-point day, he only has three players playing today. So yeah, there's a good up, chance that you I could... picked up Keto Marte so I could have another position player playing since, like, no teams are playing. Because mm-hmm. he's been, like, a decent player all season. And I was like, yeah, I'll just get another guy in there if he gets, like, and, three points. And worth noting that you have the Cincinnati closer and the Padres closer. They're playing each other. Um, so you have a higher chance of getting a save out of one of those guys. I do. I just yeah. picked up the the Padres Kirby, Kirby right Yates. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Um, um, yeah, and if I win, if I win this week and make the playoffs, it will be solely on the strength of Alex Bregman hitting better than anyone right now. <laughs> he's hitting over four hundred for the month of September so he's, far. He's becoming a very streaky hitter. Not really. If you look at his stats for this for the season, he has like well, a couple. He had like one slump really. That was like kind of in the middle of August when they well, were like. Paul, why don't we look at his stats from this season? That's what we're here to do. That is what we're here to do, so pull it up. But uh, while you're pulling those up, I'll continue. So it would be on the strength of Alex Bregman's hitting, because he has my most points this week with 34 so far, 34 and a half, actually. Yeah. Uh, And then tomorrow I have Nola and Snell going against the Mets and the Orioles. Very favorable matchups for two good pitchers. Yes. And even if those guys just kind of— Who's against who? Snell against the Orioles, I'm assuming? Yep, Snell and Orioles, Nola Mets. And if those two oh, guys just kind of... AL and L, do we? Yeah. If they just kind of do their thing, though, like they both get like a normal win for them, they don't have to pitch a lights-out game, I think that will be a big difference maker for me coming back in this matchup. Yeah. And the only the only downside to uh, the matchups there is Snell will be pitching in Baltimore, correct? Mm-mm. No, it's a home game? Yeah, he's at home. And then oh, Nola... I thought it was away. NOLA is actually at New York, which is a worse hitter stadium than Citizens Bank. So it's oh, actually per- so it it's works like, in both cases. Yes. Okay. It's a it's a scenario where I don't want to get too overhyped because I don't I don't want to get myself like I'm making the playoffs and then not make it because that'd be a bummer because I've been kind of the mindset that I wasn't going to make the playoffs for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I do really think that those guys give me the best shot, and it works out that they have pretty favorable matchups uh, going for who does, tomorrow. Who does he have? going so he doesn't have pitchers today or tomorrow interesting he doesn't have a pitcher till saturday with edwin jackson uh, of the a's against the uh, uh forget the rangers who have been surprisingly where? good recently no they have been where in uh, are they in texas they're they're at oakland which is in oh, edwin okay. jackson's favor but then i have yeah. that day jack flaherty at detroit which could be a good match also in your favor yeah yeah so it's gonna be close it's gonna be interesting i think it's gonna be a good i i I wouldn't have it any other way without some drama you know (laughs) yeah that's true i i kind of enjoy a flair for the dramatics like i want alex bregman to hit like a grand slam on sunday that is like the difference maker like bottom of like last player i have playing and alex bregman hits a grand slam that sends me into the playoffs in glory also, on Sunday, the Red Sox and Astros are playing, which is a great matchup. Yeah, I know. I have the um, Charlie Morton's going to come off the DL to pitch against the Red Sox. It's like and perfect for you. You traded for him, he got hurt, and then he pitches against the best offense in the American League. Luckily, I'm, I don't think I'm really playing for much. Yeah, you're um, in a spot where I think you're seated where you're going to be, and that's that. Well... I don't really know. It depends because we have, like, divisions. And I'm at the top of my division, which I think gives me an automatic two seed no matter what. 
I think that yeah, I think that's the only thing divisions from what I, I read the rules intensely the other day to figure out what my playoff spot was mm-hmm. if I do this, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that's the only thing divisions come into play for is the top seeds. Like the person that wins the division gets a seed no matter what their yeah. Because Chad and I, we currently uh, I have a four six and one record and he has a four uh, I'm sorry fourteen, 14. six and one record and he has a fourteen and seven record, so. If he wins, he'll go 15 and 17, and if I lose, I'd be 14 and 7 and 1. But I think I still get the top seed because he's not in my division. Yeah, because I think there's been points in the season where he had a better record than you and you still had that two seed. Yeah, uh, maybe. I went on a huge win streak. That's my move, man, every freaking year. Yeah, I go on I... like a 6-7-8 game win streak in the summer. Until Dude, you beat me. You beat me when I had, like, that crazy, terrible week a couple weeks ago. Yes. Uh, right around the time Bauer got hurt. Yes, and, and my team also started to turn it on, like, at that same time. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't that bad for me, actually. 276. Not great, but not terrible. Um, but uh, before that, I had won, like, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. Dude, tip of the hat to the OGs. You've had a lot of bad luck recently, and you, you've been hanging tight. Yeah, well, I got I got pretty lucky most of the year. I had a couple injuries here or there, but nothing major. They just piled up at the same time, and Stripling getting pulled from the from the rotation was a major fucking blow. Um but I I made some good pickups because I, I grabbed John Gray right around the All-Star break. When he finally figured everything out. Yeah, and he's come back and been pretty good since then. Uh, I grabbed DeScalfani or whatever his name is, and he's been Des, pretty Desclafini. good. DeScalfini? Yeah, Desclafani. whatever. Whatever. Ital- Italian guy for the Reds. Yeah. Uh, I grabbed Alex Cobb, who has surprisingly been good since the beginning of August. Um, he scares me, though. Oh, yeah. Every time he pitches, I'm like, what the fuck's going to happen? <laughs> and Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray hasn't been great, but he's start since his last two starts have been really good. Yeah, and since the end of July, he's put up positive. There, there's been a bunch of games he should have won, uh, which would have upped his points total. Robbie Ray, this is my prediction for Robbie Ray. So I told you earlier in the season, I did the whole FIP analysis when we had mm-hmm. that episode. Mm-hmm. But Robbie Ray is pitching right now in a situation where he needs to correct himself to his career norms, which we talked about way back in April, and he has. But A, he was hurt for a very long time. And then B, he didn't pitch super great when he was healthy at first and before he got yeah. hurt. Yeah. Uh, but but his last two starts, he's got 9K, 9Ks, 10Ks, uh, two wins. Last start was really good in San Diego. I think he's going to pitch himself back to his career norms, which even if he gets to his normal career FIP is going to be he needs to perform well to get down from his current ERA. Yeah, yeah. So I think Robbie Ray is going to be good. I, I'm actually stoked for you that you have him going – uh, the way he is, because I think yeah, he's going to be when a you good look at it, season guy. When you look at it, his uh, his walk per his walks per nine is almost one full walk above his career average. Yeah, um, which has been pretty steady his whole career around three point five, three point eight, and he's at four point eight this year. Um, so if he can get a handle on that, which the last two starts he has started to get a handle on that after a couple rough ones. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll I think see. Robbie Hopefully. Ray could be a, a good bounce back September boost to your rotation. Yeah, I mean, decimated by injuries. That'd be huge. Because now, if I go in strong to the playoffs with Robbie Ray, Granky, John Gray, Charlie Morton, uh, 
you know, I'll feel a lot more confident than struggling Robbie Ray, you know? Oh, yeah, struggling and, Robbie and Ray. And Joe good. Musgrove also. Shout out to Joe Musgrove. He's been really good. Um, you know, not he's not blowing anybody away, but he's he's been pretty consistently good for me. So, Which is important to have yeah. guys like that. Also, so. shout out Blake Training. Uh Unbelievable. Yeah, I texted you about that the other day. Unbelievable I looked season. at his stats and I was like, holy cow. I know, I know, dude. He's got 6-2 and two record, 36 saves out of 40, 92 strikeouts in only, uh, let's see, 69.1 innings and a .91 ERA, which is just fucking disgusting. Dude, I was baffled. So Okay, so I saw the stats the other day and I texted you. I was like, wait, who's ranked ahead of him? And then I saw what Edwin Diaz's stats are. Dude, it's insane. Edwin Diaz has 53 saves and 117 Ks already this season. I know. I know. What's the record single-season save record? Isn't it like like 62-something? Yeah, I thought that's what it was. He could do that. I don't think he's going to because the Mariners haven't been as good recently. They went on a stretch. Yeah, they they went on a stretch where they, like, killed it. He's tied for fifth all-time right now with Hoffman, Rivera, Randy Myers. Isn't it weird that 62... Uh, is the save record when like sixty and sixty one were the home run record for so long? Yeah, it feels like it should be different, but weird. Oh, all right. So wait, first off, let's go back to Bregman. Do you pull stats up? Oh yes, I did, and you were right. He's been pretty good all year. He hasn't been that yeah. streaky. All right. So yes, Bregman, very good, great player. I think he will help me win. I want to talk about the stupid article I sent you the other day. About Ryan Howard being the true home run king. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I was kind of busy. I didn't really get to look at it very closely. I do you, skimmed do you want it. me to summarize it for you? Yes, please. All right. So this is an article written by Mark Normadin. Um, I'm not sure what his allegiances are. I feel like he has to be a Phillies fan to come up with this insane argument. Because <laughs> uh, it, he essentially breaks down why Ryan Howard is actually Major League Baseball's true single-season home run king with his 58 home run season. And his reasoning for this is he breaks down each era that someone else hit a bunch of home runs more than 58. Uh-huh. So he's got, of course, we have with Barry Bonds, 73, and McGuire and Sosa, we can say, okay, steroid era. Those guys, we throw them out. Yeah. That's what he did there. Yeah. He throws out Willie Mays and Babe Ruth <laughs> as the amphetamines era. And says, wait, they're guys, both the amphetamines era, era? Babe Ruth uh, and? Hold on, wait, there's one more. Babe Ruth and a different one. Amphetamines era was Roger, Roger Maris, Maris, Mickey and, Mantle, and, and, William and, Mays. and William Mays. Okay. Pre-integration era for Babe Ruth is there was no athletes other than old white dudes. Uh-huh. Which I kind of was like, actually, that's like a nice argument a little bit, but I still think it's nonsense. Because if you throw, and he his point there is Jackie Robinson hit like 38 homers in his first season or something. And uh-huh. he's like, he was the only black guy, and that's not counting any Dominican, Spanish, like all the players that play now. Then he takes John Carlos Stanton and throws out his 59 homer season as, ooh, it was in the juiced ball era, so the baseball was like a rocket pretty much. And so he lands on it. He like pretty much discredits every era of home run hitters and just says, well, Ryan Howard did it post-integration, pre-juice ball, and didn't have steroid accusations. And so that is the summary. I want your thoughts on this because we didn't get to talk about it yet. Well, I look, so I'm looking at the article right now, and he says, 
Uh, just real quick to discredit everything he says. He says, next up is Giancarlo Stanton, who also hit 59 home runs like Root, but did so post-integration. However, he did in a season in which the MLB was basically designing baseballs with rockets attached, so they leave the stadium more often. It even came up in the World Series last year with pitchers speaking their mind on the subject. Because of that, don't get any ideas about Aaron Judge's rookie season of 57 home runs either as he got to benefit from some slick balls that reacted to contact like a golf ball hit with a metal bat. Now, this whole article loses complete credibility because Aaron Judge hit 52 home runs last year, not 57. So so <laughs> on this era, error right there, we just say everything is nonsense. Yeah, well, you can't even do the research. <laughs> yeah, that's you, you, you missed the easiest part of the research. Okay, and so, and furthermore, how about how about we discredit Ryan Howard's fifty-eight home runs because he was hitting at Citizens Bank Park? Yes, yeah, small park, the small right? ballpark era. And so he's thrown out Ken Griffey Jr. as well, hitting fifty-six because that was the Juice Ball era too. Wait, so it was Juice Ball before and after Ryan Howard? <laughs> That's kind of yeah, dude. So I was reading this and I was like really mad about it because like I, I can get so the ones I can get behind. I can get behind pre-integration. Like, Babe Ruth is obviously going to be a good player pretty much no matter what because the dude batted, like, 400 almost and hit so yeah. many home runs and pitched. To be fair, though, if there was competition at the level it is now where you had integration of all sorts of races, ethnicities, different players, maybe some of his numbers would be limited because there was talent that wasn't allowed to play against him. I can get uh-huh. behind that argument to a certain degree, uh-huh. you know? Uh, I can get behind the steroid argument. You know how I feel, and that should just be, like, thrown out because I think steroids are stupid because everyone was doing them, so obviously they should still count. Um, the juiced ball, pre-juiced ball, post-steroids, all that, dude, is complete nonsense, man. Yeah. I don't care what the baseball was doing. Giancarlo Stanton hit 59 home runs. Ken Griffey Jr. hit 56 home runs. And those dudes, like, are obviously fantastic power hitters. And on top of that, Ryan Howard was awful, other than hitting home runs, and I don't want to hear anything except, about Ryan except Howard. Except that one season. Except that one season. Yeah, when his batting average was like way out of line with everything else he ever did. Yeah. How do we know he wasn't on steroids? Just because he wasn't accused. A guy that for his career was a two fifty eight hitter hits three thirteen for one season. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's a ridiculous article. I'll I mean, be, I, you know, maybe they're just having fun, but it does just like you can't. Regardless of what your argument is, integration, amphetamine era, whatever, you can't just throw away entire, like, okay, so we're just going to erase Mickey Mantle, fucking Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, like, we're going to erase every great baseball player because they played in an era where, you know, some of it was tainted. Also, like, are there any allegations against any of those guys using amphetamines? No. Like, it's just the era. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Babe Ruth so, is notoriously so a drunk. Howard, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't help you. But Howard <laughs> Howard played during the steroid era. Did he? Because what do we call the... What's, like, the cutoff of the steroid era, quote-unquote? I feel like 2002 is in my head. Did he play then? No, I would think it was later than 02. He played 04. But, but Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Robinson... Like, it's not like steroids aren't a problem. What, like yeah. when was when was Barry Bonds tearing up the league? Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, I, I, that's just a dumb argument. Um, plus, I could probably Google Ryan Howard steroids, and a bunch of shit would come up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like how yeah. fucking every 
you just Google that with everything. Yeah, Look, it was a. Cr- uh, I read it. I read it because it popped up on one of the baseball accounts I follow on Twitter, and I was like, "This is complete nonsense. Like, this is insane. Like, this is an insane argument." Like, and yeah. I, I even as a kid, like, so as we we still haven't talked about. Maybe like a later episode in the season, we'll talk about my Red Sox fandom and Philly fandom and how those things interloop. Uh, but like following the Phillies a little bit and still liking the Red Sox more, I as a kid when he first came up and was good like he was a good power hitter and that's mvp season i was like what 16 15 yeah the dude was the least clutch hitter in the history of baseball (laughs) i could literally look at a game and be like oh this is a situation where ryan howard should hit bet you he strikes out and like almost every time he would strike out he was the worst watching him play was so frustrating because all of his home runs were usually meaningless yeah chase utley was the player on that team that was the clutch hitter and saying Ryan Howard deserves any credibility is nonsense. Yeah. He didn't even hit 400 career home runs. I know. Uh, Ryan Howard is a weird player. I mean, he had that great year. Uh, he had a couple I mean, of monster home run years around that year, too. But then he yeah. kind of dipped off. He, I don't think he was on steroids because he had a very natural peak. And he, then, like, faded off after age 30 to, like, anonymity. Yeah. But... I still think this article... This article made me, like, literally furious the other day. Yeah, because it's like... uh, Where's the beginning of this? So, the most recent era of juice balls isn't the only one, of course. The late 90s and the early aughts not only featured steroids buffet, but they were also full of baseballs that were maybe probably intentionally altered so that they'd seemingly randomly fly a whole lot further. Uh, Jay Jaff has been on that beat for years, and... He links a Deadspin story that's an excerpt of Baseball Prospectus to prove it. Uh, so you can toss out the 97-1998 Ken Griffey Jr. years where he hit 56 home runs, even if he was steroid-free. But, like, there's no allegations against Ken Griffey Jr. using steroids, so why would you Ken even... Griffey Jr. also hit 56 home runs in 97 and 98 back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, which is insane. I, I don't know. It just It's just like a what's the point of this article that you're writing? You know, like... I feel like the guy just really liked Ryan Howard and wanted to give him more credibility. Yeah, but it's just it's just stupid. And then the further further nonsense that I will throw in here is my own, like, baseball history is, all right, so the amphetamines era, yes, guys could be jacked up on, like, all sorts of things to make them, quote-unquote, have an edge. But that era is also referred to as the dead ball era where the baseball didn't do anything. Yeah. And I don't think amphetamines are known for, uh, giving giving you you more power. power. Yeah. And additionally, those ballparks were cavernous. Babe Ruth had to hit like 700 foot home runs. Well, if they (laughs) pulled it, it was weird. Center field was that far. Yeah. But not the, usually the lines were not that far. It's just nonsense. What about, uh, Jimmy Fox in 1932? That was pre-integration. Uh, I know. Are you looking at the same list that I am of all the guys that hit a lot of home runs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Fox. Um, let's see here. Roger Maris is post-integration. What What is that era? That would probably be the amphetamine era still. Yeah, I think the amphetamine era is a nonsense thing we should just throw out. Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't know. What about... I mean, I guess it's not more than Ryan Howard did. I don't know. It's just. It's just a dumb... Like, yeah. What's the point? Yes, exactly. Yeah, you got George Foster with fifty-two and seventy-seven. That might be the era that like eclipses all of these. Yeah, you know it sucked the eighties. 
Nobody yeah, was no doing good shit has, in the 80s. Nobody has home runs from the 80s. What's the here? high? 87, Andre Dawson has a 32 home, home run season. Wait, really? That's the first 80s I see. Oh, God. Dude, the 80s sucked. Who was yeah. good in the 80s in baseball? Mike Schmidt. He hit more than 32 home runs, right? Maybe not in the 80s. Yeah, maybe later. What about uh, Don Mattingly? I don't think he was a power hitter. Like that. Like that kind of power hitter. Yeah, in 83, he hit 40 home runs. In 84, he hit 36 home runs. Wait, really? In 80, he hit 48 home runs. No, Mike Schmidt, sorry. Oh, oh I was like, Don Mattingly? Hit yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Mattingly. Dude, as you talk about this, I feel like the 80s had good players, but like, I don't, I don't associate any of them with the 80s. Like, Ozzie Smith played. Mattingly in the 80s, topped right? out at 35. Yeah, I thought he was more of like a, a all-around hitter. Yeah, but he, be- oh, that's a good year, man. He hit 48 doubles, 35 home runs, 145 RBIs, and he batted 324. Dang, that's, that's a, a nice year. season. That's a very good season. But yeah, so essentially the the whole crux of this thing is insane and it's nuts. And I read it and was mad and wanted to wanted to discuss it with you and thought I thought you'd feel the same way about it and I'm glad you do. So it's a uh, All right, everybody. We got a little bit messed up there. Um, we got dis. We got disconnected. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, what I was saying was, <laughs> what I was saying was, the whole argument made me mad, and I wanted to talk about it with you because I thought you'd share my opinion yeah, on it. I do, Absolutely. and I'm glad you, for the most part, do. Yeah, it's just I. I don't know. Maybe it's fun just to like talk about like that way. You, you know, like twist the history a little bit, but it's also just like pointless. I don't know, and you're and you're discrediting a lot of achievements in baseball history that just doesn't seem worth to, doing. To, to justify Ryan Howard's existence. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's worth it. I'm not into it. Um, all right, do you want to do... I got to get going in like 10 minutes. Not even 10 minutes. I got to be <laughs> gotta somewhere get, in 10 minutes. Get going. Let's, uh, let's yeah. Womack. So I don't actually, uh, because of what I've been up to in life, I don't have a guy. Well, All right, that's okay. I got, I got a, a guy. submission from Stan Foster. Oh, here, Foster. do your submission. Do your submissions. Uh, we're going to go with good old, and I think of him as a Yankee, Ted Lilly. Yo, Ted Lilly. I think of Ted Lilly as a Yankee also. Super fun throw Obviously, out here. he was a Cub. He was a Cub. He was an, an expo a, to right? start. Uh, he played in Oakland. He played in Toronto. He played in Chicago. And he played the, for the Dodgers at the end of his career in 2013. I, uh, I kind of remember that. He had, he, he had a decent year in, in L.A. Yeah, he's okay. He's a career, solid career. One sixty-two game average, four one four ERA, thirteen and eleven, uh, one hundred sixty-six Ks. He had yeah. two All Star seasons. One was two thousand four with the Blue Jays. Uh, he finished with a four oh six ERA. I'm assuming he had a better first half. Yeah, probably. And then the other was in two thousand nine with the Cubs. He went twelve and nine with three ten ERA. It's a good year. Yeah. He was like kind of a fringe back end starter. Um, I want to look some, up some relief stuff early in his career. Yeah, I want to look up, and I don't know. I'll maybe reference this like when we have a longer pot. I think he was really good against the Red Sox. Really, I I just kind of remember like hating his face because I feel like he always pitched well against the Red Sox. Here, I'll look it up real quick right now because I'm halfway there. All right. And uh, if he didn't, I just hated him because he played for the Yankees. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Red Sox. 
Uh, five and six in his career with a 3.8 ERA. Not bad. Not bad. Not great, though. Not, not great. Not bad. He might have been really good for a few years with the Yankees against them, though. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Mine, uh, my Womack is OG classic Freddie Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Dude, Freddie Sanchez has a batting title. Dude, Freddie Sanchez was not just an OG classic. I think he was... So, he was an OG classic. You had him when he was, like, good. I just—I think I discovered him, as we used to say. Yes, I d- you discovered him. However, Freddie Sanchez became late in his career. Everybody's, oh, my second baseman got hurt. Who am I going to pick up? Oh, oh yeah, look, definitely. There's Freddie Sanchez, and he yep. would always fill in a good role. Like, he always hit for a good average. That's exactly what he became. But probably the quietest batting title in the history of batting titles uh i think bill miller might have him on that i don't know man he batted 344 freddie fucking sanchez uh bill mueller who was mediocre for his entire career batted 326 for the world series or for the playoff red sox yeah but 326 isn't that good freddie sanchez batted 344 yeah that is pretty nuts however he did play in the nl west at a pretty mediocre time yeah, but so. do you ever remember hearing about Freddie Sanchez lighting the world on fire? I don't, but also I do because you and I pay attention to stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I feel like he's more relevant in my head than he truly was. But his 162-game average, 297 uh, batting average, 9 home runs, 66 RBIs. Just a guy. Just Minus a guy. That one that one year he was more than a guy, but he had a but couple a- all-star years. Good fielder fantastic fill-in fantasy guy. Oh, he was actually a Red Sox for two years at the he beginning was. of his career. I didn't he know was. that. Uh, I knew that from MVP baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, like, there's there's several Womacks that have been referenced. I'm like, ah, do you know why I know this? From building a MVP roster in MVP baseball. baseball. Yeah. Or Ken Griffey Jr. baseball, which is the, the greater of the titles. Or the underrated All-Star baseball. Dude, All-Star Baseball. 2000. The, the N64, uh, the red cartridge Derek from 2000. Derek on the cover. The 2001, that was the red cartridge. No, 2000 was better. 2000 was good, but the 2001 that had Derek Jeter like, doing the jump throw, and it was a red cartridge, I legitimately played that game like two years ago still. Uh-huh. I did trade in a bunch of N64 stuff when I got a Switch, which is regrettable. However, I played that game a couple years ago, and it holds up, dude. It holds up. Uh, I I think All Star Baseball 2000 was where it's at. It's where Jeter's making a tag at second base. Um, yeah, no, that that might be low key the greatest baseball video game of all time. And it's, it was it was so realistic compared to what existed at the time. Oh yeah, like and it wasn't it was it wasn't arcadey. It was like very s- real. Second on that list is MVP Baseball 2004, which is a fantastic entry. And then yes. the, the the game breaker for me was MLB The Show 2006. It was, like, the first year the show introduced, like, meter pitching. Yeah, yeah, changed, yeah. That was a great one. Changed the world. MVP Baseball 04 and 05 was great, though, too, Manny right? was on the cover of 04. Who's on 05? No, Pulhos was 04. Manny was 05. 05 was... Okay, the one with Manny, I, I still actually have that for PS2. Yeah, those ga- both of those games were fucking great. Oh, oh, dude, the greatest feature, before we end here, the greatest feature in baseball game history, video game history, is in MVP Baseball 2005. They had an above-the-plate cam 
yes. for when you would swing and miss. And it would show you, and it was And fantastic. you could see, like, how terribly you missed. Dude, the, the, that, that was a great feature, but also what I think of with that game in my head, that was the first game, I, I don't know what happened, whether there's like, a league collective bargaining thing or something, but guys who didn't want their rights to be sold to video games weren't in it. Yeah, Barry Bonds so, wasn't. Barry Bonds was Reggie Stalker in every game, yeah. which is so <laughs> dumb. And then um, Kevin Millar from the Red Sox didn't want to be in the game. And the Red Sox had won the World Series in 04, so 05, everybody wanted to play as them, obviously. And uh, he was he was like, I forget what his name was, but he was a black dude with blonde dreadlocks is how they rendered him in the game. <laughs> and it was like... The most depressing thing as a Red Sox fan to go to play the game and, like, Kevin Millar, who was, like, you know, the heartbeat of that team with the cowboy up nonsense, uh-huh. was, like, a black dude with blonde dreadlocks. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's what I referenced for that game. But anyhow, dude, I'll let you run. I got to run Yeah, myself. we got to go. Uh, lay off the high cheese, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.